Hello and welcome to the third edition of the Articulum podcast with Ben and Jacob. Coming up on today's podcast, uh, Ben is going to re- be reviewing Central Park. He's also going to be reviewing the first team. Uh, the binge of the week is back. Um, and now cue the music that we uh, still don't have. I know, I might have to start following up or actually pay someone to do that. Or maybe we'll just hum it ourselves. Yeah, I'm not going to hum. You, you can hum. Mate, get back to me, you can record a little hum. What would it be like? I don't know, I'm not very musical, so... Neither am I. <laughs> yeah, uh, now I think we've got a good couple of shows we're reviewing. I mean The Vast of Night, which is an Amazon original movie. I think it's the best Amazon film they've had since Manchester by the Sea. And we've also got an awful lot of comedies that didn't that had their first season recently, and none of them were particularly impressive. So, okay, that's a that's a bold statement to start the pod with. Mm. Uh, also, on today's podcast, uh, if you listened to the last edition of the pod, you probably gathered we had some off-topic discussions. So more of that, but hopefully not too much, to come up on today's uh, pod. Yes. So Ben, you want to kick things off? You are going to be reviewing, reviewing Space Force Season 1, which is available on Netflix, am I right? Yes, so it was kind of like the biggest thing that dropped last week. It stars Greg Daniels, or no, it's created by Greg Daniels, sorry, who's famous for his work creating The Office and Parks and Recreation. So that we know he's talented. We've He's also working with Steve Carell again for the first time in since The Office. Um also in the cast you've got Lisa Kerdrow from Friends and John Malkovich from everything um, but mainly Johnny English and the episodes are directed by Paul King who did Paddington films as well as um, The Mighty Boosh so all it's a really talented cast and crew. Now it's a political satire uh, based around the group of people who have been tasked with setting up the new spring branch of the United States military Space Force, which is based off an actual Donald Trump tweet. Um, now, I don't want to no, sound... It's not. Oh yeah, Don- this is actually true. Donald Trump is genuinely setting up a Space Force. He's got Melania, he's got Melania designing the outfits and whatever, and the show is completely going at him, and it's quite funny how they're just <laughs> quite rude about him in the show there. And it's an American show. Uh, yeah, it's ten episodes, it's on Netflix. There's a gag in the first episode about the president tweeting, we've got to get boobs on the moon by 2024. And I think he means boobs. Did he genuinely tweet that? Uh, I don't think Donald Trump actually has tweeted that, but... I I've, wouldn't put it past him. I've, I've read some of his tweets. Um, now, going back to Space Force, it is just a complete mess. I mean, it has some really good bits. The moments, ironically, for a show about space which are down to earth, are really good. The relationship between Steve Carell's, who's like the top, top military general and John Malkovich scientist, is the best part of the movie. It's the uh, show, it's the heart and soul of it. And that's the emotional core that works. Um, But I didn't find the political satire was brutal enough. I would have wanted them to have really made the jokes harsher and be almost rude about Donald Trump, like they've done in Veep. Um, And just... The show was good when it was on character development instead of wacky set pieces and absurd jokes and CGI <laughs> chimps and. But so Ben's not a huge fan. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I did. There is it watchable or is it one of them things where you're like, oh my god? It's no, it's watchable. And if you look at Greg Daniels, The Office's first season wasn't great. Parks and Recreation's first season wasn't great. Veep 
which is another political satire that many people have said is the greatest comedy this millennium, also didn't have a good first season. So, and it's something we're going to come back to later on. For a comedy, not having a good first season is not a complete disaster. It just needs to go away and fine-tune and refine. And the amount of money Netflix have thrown at it, season two will come out soon. And I'm sure it will be better than what we've seen. Fingers crossed. I mean, there's always that pressure with a uh, with a second season. It can either go either way, really. Yeah, but... They either learn from what they did wrong in the first season, and judging by your comments, it wasn't amazing. I think I think that's fair to say. So they could, it could be a vast improvement on, on that. Uh, but it could also do the typical sequel uh, thing of just being terrible, there being no story to tell. Um, yeah. So I, I genuinely think there's more story to tell and there's more do jokes to okay. have. And I also think when you've got Steve Carell, Greg Daniels, um, Jeff, uh, Lisa Kerdrow, and the talent of directors, and the talent that. of directors they got on, I, I don't think there's no smelly cat singing in uh, not in the episodes I've that seen. That was a joke from Friends. Yeah. You've not watched Friends, have you? I, no, I have watched it. I don't like it. Sorry. <laughs> I you know, know I mean, it. that is quite a big statement to say. Uh, yeah, that's why I paused. I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's like... We're starting out as a podcast, and uh, the lead, lead, lead host has just said he doesn't like one of the, if not the most successful TV series of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's just personal. I, I'm always be more of a How I Met Your Mother fan. Um, I don't find Friends that funny, to be fair. I think it's a bit dated. So it is dated, but in its time, it was in its prime, and I, I think that it's still very enjoyable now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think saying it's dated is a valuable... I've just thing. never really got on with it and enjoyed it, so... Um, Have you started from season one? Uh, I gave up midway through season one. Mate, what have I got this? Sorry if you can hear some racketing. What's this? What's this I've got here, right? Is this a box set? Oh. All ten seasons, plus bonus material and deleted scenes. Yeah. Quite a bit, that. I think it's 50 quid or something. I know. I don't know why you spend 50 quid on a sitcom that aired years ago. Netflix paid millions to keep it on their service, and fundamentally it's not great. So, uh... But it's very popular, and it's obviously popular for a reason. I know. Obviously, I'm, I do think it's a bit dated now in present day, but it wasn't made for present day, was it? I know. And seasons I'm, one and season two on the uh, on the box set, the quality is not great. But by season three, as in quality of acting, the story is great, but like the the picture is lacking a bit. But by season three, that's all sorted out. Yeah, I mean the show is what twenty six years old now, and I have yes. nothing against age, but um, like it I has just, aged. <laughs> I don't like Friends, and you see them with the with the big phones with the thing antennas uh, sticking out the phone so yeah let's move on before we talk about friends for the next 27 minutes um like i genuinely don't get on with friends but something i did really like is the vast of night and jacob i think you would really like this film as well um it's made on a nano budget um it's a sci-fi movie it's directed by andrew pattinson and it's his first feature and there's a saying sometimes the movie gods shine on a film, and I do believe they have shined on. And it's, uh, Amazon, is it an Amazon original? It's yeah. an Amazon original film. As I said in the beginning, it's the best one since Manchester by the Sea, which got do- nominated for Best Picture a few years ago at the Oscars and is one of my favourite films. Um, now, The Vast of Night is set in the 1950s. It's a 
quite little quaint period feature. It's about a radio D- DJ and, oh. his, and his assistant who are yeah, the source. Yeah, I think I'd like it. That's, yeah. uh, that's a soulmate. And they hear this mysterious frequency and they realise it's aliens and through the course of their radio show, they start tracking down these aliens. It's... You know I love my sci-fis and you know I, I want to be on the radio. Yeah, I know. You would love... You lo- can pick this out, so... Um... Yeah, I was like, if Jacob reads the notes, he might actually go and watch this film. Um, No, it's kind of an homage to the golden age of sci-fi films of the 1950s. And whereas lots of those films are quite tired and it's a worn-out genre, and this is really a fresh take to it, it elevates a very simple storyline. It does the almost Aaron Sorkin level of dialogue. There's so much information, but I was hooked on every word. And it's one of those films that I was just so engaged with. And even when it did stuff like not... You know when you watch a film and it's trying too hard and it's oh, doing yeah. so many flashy techniques? The Vast <coughs> of Night... Star Wars. <coughs> yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> the Vast of Night could be accused of that. I mean, there's a ten-minute sequence in the middle of it where it just fades to black and does the dialogue like you're listening to a radio drama. But I didn't notice it. I was just so engaged great directing great acting great How writing oh it's about an hour and 50 minutes and it, and you say um it's from the 1950s well set or in it's non- set in the 1950s it came out last week have, yeah but have they done what many um films have done which is actually try and film it in a 1950s style or is it very much 21st century style no, it's, it's very much a 21st century style um, TV show. Uh, no, tr- yeah, 21st century style film set in the 1950s. I mean, it's not got the biggest budget, so you can see it's not something like Stranger Things, which can go fully 80s. It's more the subtle details, which pulls it 50s. But at the same time, I think that kind of helped it because it meant you weren't distracted by all these 1950s elements. I also don't think there's as much... Uh, you, you mentioned Stranger Things there. Uh, I don't think there's as much uh, to do uh, in the 1950s as there is the 1980s. There's less to work with, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, and it's... You'll watch it and you'll know it's the 1950s. The show, the film is based off as if it's an episode of The Twilight Zone, but I found it very 1950s, so I think it's fine. Now let's That's move a big, on. Is that a big thumbs it's up? It's a big thumbs up if you're going to watch anything from what we've talked about today watch the vast of night on amazon and i actually genuinely think uh, uh, i'll go watch that okay so moving on the uh, the binge of the week is back i feel like we need a binge of the week sound effect i do i feel like we need a very deep voice binge of the week. <laughs> no. i started then and heard myself through my headphones and was like no we're not doing that you um, should have just kept going it it couldn't have got any worse than you just shying out of it. <laughs> That's true. No, <laughs> I took a deep breath then about to do it. Uh, so, Ben, what's the deal with Binge of the Week? How often are we doing it? Yeah, we're doing it once every two weeks. Um, like, because you can't watch some of these shows and then get back for another week. I mean, between the two shows Jacob has suggested, um, there's almost 20 seasons and around about 450 episodes of TV. I'm being yeah. slightly nicer to you. So once every two weeks, dive into the shows you're interested in, 
will find something to fill in the other weeks. Last week we found cast Ruby Rose after her Arrowverse exit and Jacob went and dived back into the Arrowverse with his. I have. So, so uh, as you will quickly gather from this podcast, I'm a huge Arrowverse fan. Um, I actually started watching The Flash initially, uh, but then this obviously uh, led to me discovering Arrow which I prefer over The Flash. So my binge of the week this week, and do expect more Arrowverse shows in the future, uh, but my binge of the week this week is Arrow. Yeah. Uh, the first six seasons uh, are available on Amazon Prime, and then you can buy or rent the um, the other seasons. Actually, I think it might be the first seven on Prime, but you can buy or rent the remaining... Oh, I just burped. Again. Again. I burped in the, in the first week, and that was because I was drinking Coke, my fault, but I'm not... Anything. We've already so, got uh, in joke from the show. <laughs> already? Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, uh, first two seasons uh, available on Amazon Prime. Please bear in mind, it is quite a watch. Uh, it's not, I, I meant my last binge of week was Modern Family. Um, you could watch that, but kind of go on your phone and chill and not invest too much into it. This is the complete opposite. If you are not paying attention, you are going to struggle to uh, follow the, the plot of it. So, um, 23 episodes per season and um the first two seasons of arrow are ace season one incredible season two amazing season three is good but hasn't got anything on the first two seasons season four shocking isn't that the same with all arrow first shows i mean season four not supergirl no supergirl season four was really good but Flash, Arrow, and Legends, uh, season four has been the uh, the season you don't want to watch. Yeah. But I... Supergirl, season four is good. It does break the season four curse, as Arrowverse fans call it. I mean, I watched half of yeah, the first season. Yeah, I thought you watched it like Arrow. a year ago, didn't I? Yeah, I've seen. I have to admit, there's so much on telly. I haven't <laughs> went back to Arrowverse. Um, did you not like. You didn't love it, did you? I didn't love it. I wasn't hot on it. I mean. Stephen Amell is great as the... Yes, yeah, so Stephen Amell is the lead. Yep, he's great. I think Greg Berlanti, who's the showrunner, is also immensely talented. And I Obviously will always... the showrunners do actually change, though, as the, the later seasons go on. Yeah, but Greg Berlanti... Does like does become evident. Greg Berlanti, every single Arrowverse show has got worse when Greg Berlanti's involvement has diminished down the years. And he's the only thing that keeps that franchise any good. So... Um, yeah, um, Stephen Amell though, watch out for that name. He is uh, set to be an upcoming film actor, uh, to which Ben disagreed with, but that's what he wants to. He wants to get into films. It's whether he gets into them. I um, mean, he's already done one. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking at his projects, and he's got no films currently lined up. He does have uh, a codate, which was his recent film. He's got a spin-off to that which is starring his cousin as well, Robbie Amell, who I personally really like, and I would be excited to watch that spin-off. I'd like film. to see them on screen together. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Amell's really talented, and he's the lead of my Binge of the Week upload, which is another Greg Daniels show. We mentioned his last work in Spaceball. An upload also came out earlier this month. It's on Amazon. It's a bit like The Good Place, but The Good Place used its afterlife messages with like psych uh, philosophical questions uh, and made its humor around that um i found uplife was more funny but it had some really 
important issues about class and poverty and inequality that we have in life and how if people were to start paying for the afterlife because that's essentially what upload is it's where people die and then they choose what afterlife they're going into depending on how much money they have and the show i love um i lo found lots of people found it quite underwhelming which i didn't get i think it's definitely better than space force um Upload, I just think it's sweet. It kept me smiling. I'm looking forward to season two of it. So that's my pick. And if you're interested in any sort of politics and the amount of inequality that we have in our society, then Upload is certainly a show that will get you thinking. Uh, for the record, it is worth pointing out, we didn't plan to have two uh, male binges. No, we didn't. I picked... Um, upload because of the greg daniels connection and space force and you just picked arrow because it's oh, one like of the it. only shows you watch i would say yeah i would say um i would say one of the only um but it's ended now yeah. um my mate's actually recently gone back to watching season one and he loves it so he's re-watching the entire thing i mean um john barman's in the first few seasons he is he's, in the, he's, he's in, in he's in them all i think um he makes cameos in them all, I think, and plays different characters. With yeah, it's confusing, but yeah, he he is. And he's a national treasure, so um. He's a national treasure. Treasure. Yeah. He's, he's probably wasn't like huge before. Um, I'm a celebrity. He, in the UK, he was known, but he wasn't huge. But now he's huge. I don't know. I would argue that ten years ago he was huge, and then he just kind of stopped doing things apart from the odd Arrow cameo. And now um, he's got back to where he used to be. So, with it's really funny this because I've watched him in Arrow, where he is a very—he's um, a bit of a psycho. He's a very dark character. He's a very interesting character with a lot of backstory. I think he's probably got uh, one of the best backstories um, in the whole of the Arrowverse. So it's really, really interesting watching it develop through the seasons. But uh, having watched him in that and then uh, watching him on I'm a Celebrity, it really outlines to me what an incredible actor he is because he is nothing, and I repeat, absolutely nothing like how he acts in Arrow. He's, uh, he's great, but in a, a different kind of great um, as his real personality. You, you wouldn't put the two and two together. I'm kind of surprised you hadn't seen him in anything outside of Arrow because... He was. I heard him on the radio. Yeah, he was huge like 10 years ago. Whenever I turned the TV on when I was younger, he was always on it, whether he was doing his like musical theatre stuff or his over-the-top personality or his role in Doctor Who, which is great. Who, wait, which, who was the Doctor when he was in Doctor Who? Been, uh, he was in like 9 was and 10. Tenant, yeah, it was Tennant, I think. I've watched all of that. I've watched... I was a huge Doctor Who fan before Matt Smith took over. Yeah, Sorry, he was Smith. he was definitely in those oh, seasons. And man. he he came back the last season I read somewhere. Wow. He was in the Love him. He was in the last season that we ever Can watched. Can we get a, uh, a John Barron fabulous? No, I can't do that. Uh, I'm not doing that either. Yeah, we should get him on. If he's oh, listening. Yeah, I'm sure he's definitely listening right now. Maybe oh I'll just God. pop an email through to his agent and just see what happens. I mean, we Imagine. have spent about... He's probably got right now. Yeah, and we have spent about three minutes praising the silly out of him, so... um, We love you, John Barman. We love you, John Barman. Um, now moving on to the first team, because... No John Barman or Amel in this. No John Barman. Why are we even then reviewing it? No Amel's in it. Um, 
I mean, it's very funny. It's from the writers of The Inbetweeners. So, like, get in. Every British person's already watching it. But they've swapped the lads' banter from a high school. And then they did White Gold. And it was a car. No, it was a plastic window salesman. And now they've went and tackled their most entertaining idea yet of a Premier League football team. Um, which I believe is a complete joke at Arsenal's expense. Um, the show follows a new American footballer, Matty Sullivan, who's um, he's an American footballer who isn't in the American national team, which shows just how bad he is. And he meets the chairman and suddenly realises he's signed for this top four Premier League team um, and it's been a complete mistake. Um, every single football joke that you have ever seen is made in this, but they all just are funny. Like, I think... Is I, it good? Is the show good? I know lots of people don't like the first team or were a bit underwhelmed by it. I personally really did like it, but maybe that's because I'm a football fan. And I think... See, I'm not. Yeah, I think it's easier to watch a show that is so heavily based on football and football culture if you like watching football. I know lots of TV critics are a bit sniffy about it, but there is a very small TV critics who watch Football Circle, which probably didn't help it. Um, there's, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Who, have you seen Arrested Development? I haven't seen much, have I? Oh, no. Will Arnett. <laughs> Will Arnett from Arrested Development and loads of other stuff. He's in the first team and he's a huge actor and he's the biggest person they've got in a Morris and Beasley writing show. I just think it's a funny sitcom, and I think it's much better than Space Force, and I enjoyed it. So. Ben was trying to get me to watch this, but I've been uh, quite tied up with quite a little work going on this week. Uh, so um, just before we uh, start recording the recording the podcast, Ben goes, "Did did you watch it?" And I go, "I watched the trailer." Did Did you like the trailer? Would you watch the show having watched the trailer? Yeah, but it wouldn't be top of my priorities. I mean, it is... I'd give it a whirl, I'd give it a go. There are only six episodes, and they're all half an hour long, so... See, that's not... That's three hours. Yeah. Oh, that's right, that's, that's three hours. It's not long. But we're only one episode in. It's out every Thursday night. Oh, I... Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like I once a week. I like not having to binge. Because binging... When I start a TV season, I just watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. I, I can't stop. Yeah, you I... Know? And the thing about when you're watching it is I've spent the last week thinking, oh, I can't wait for the next episode of the first That's part of the reason why I loved Arrow initially. You know, mm. when the week was going on, I'd go watch uh, some Arrow series on YouTube, come up with my theories. Now it's gone. Yeah, I, I always prefer TV shows that are one a week. I mean, I've even started watching shows that aren't one a week once a week See, for fun. I feel like this is why uh, Disney Plus... Uh, Star Wars um, shows, they were both released weekly uh, on the streaming service, Star Wars Mandalorian and Star Wars The Clone Wars uh, Final Season. And this isn't done a lot uh, on TV streaming services. Normally the season ju- just releases out. Well, I don't know because... Um, what about Apple, Sex Education? That Apple like TV binge. Plus also do it once a week. Oh, okay. So, Central Park, which we've got next, that's once a week. Um, Amazon, it depends on... Because Amazon often doesn't produce the shows, but UK no. viewers get the American one, so we often get them once a week. Um, yeah. But Netflix... And normally a week behind. Yeah, and Netflix never 
or if Netflix likes to drop them all at once, occasionally stuff like Better Call Saul and The Good Place will drop once a week, but that's a rights thing as well. Um, yeah, I prefer once a week. It gives you something to look forward to. I think I use my time more productively, like make the most of my days if I'm not binging something. And I find that if I know I'm only going to watch one episode of it a week, I'll watch it. But if I binge something in the middle, you s- I don't remember what happens in the middle. I remember the beginning exactly. and I remember the yeah, end. Yeah, I get you. Because it all just sort of goes into one. And like I watch a lot of like uh, a lot of shows that I watch are quite intense watches mm-hmm. uh, where there'll be a question and a couple of episodes later it'll get answered. And I'll, I'll completely forget about, forget about all that plot. Yeah. Um, quickly, before we end, because we're nearing the half an hour mark, um, I will talk about Central Park. Which, okay. other than The Vast of Night, I think is the only other thing I would say you should go and watch it. It's a must-watch. It's by Lauren Bouchard. Who's it's a bit of a shame it's on Apple TV+, Plus, in my opinion. Because yeah. I feel like that is the one people listening to might not have, whilst they've probably got Prime, probably got Netflix, yeah. obviously access to BBC iPlayer in the UK. I mean, I'm going to say this now. I think Apple TV+, Plus is better than Netflix. In the last few weeks... That is, a bold, that is a bold statement. That is a bold statement, but on Netflix... You're making some very out there statements today. You don't like Friends, you think Apple TV's better than Netflix. Yeah, because on Netflix, there's lots of stuff I'm like, oh, that was alright. I think Netflix is kind of a bit lazy sometimes. I feel like the show's a solid 6 out of 10 or 4 out of 10. And then... That's true. And I'd never... I haven't watched anything I've thought, oh, that's really great. But I liked The Morning Show, I liked Defending Jacob, I liked For Mankind, and Apple TV Plus produced Visible Album Television, which I think is the best TV documentary we've had this year, and there have been a lot of good ones. And they've also done Central Park, which is by Lauren Bouchard, who's famous for creating Bob's Burgers, and it's in that kind of animation style. But this is family fun, I think everyone in the family can sit down and watch it, Sorry to go back to Friends, it just reminds me of the Central Perk, the cafe through Friends. I know, um, yeah, it's Central Park's a musical animated comedy. Um, God, about that's not something you thought would uh, go together, is it? Yeah, I know, and it's about the people who take care of the Central Park, obviously the one in New York. And um, it's by, the producer is Josh Gad, who's in lots of things, he's kind of famous, and... He's obviously done Broadway. This cast, lots of them have been in Hamilton, and you've got Kristen Bell who's done Broadway. And I just really liked it. The songs are catchy. I it made me smile, which sometimes you're watching things and you'll just want to smile and you don't. And I think it's a really interesting take on a genre in animation that's normally kind of really young or really old. And this is the first time I've seen that actually. I think everyone could go and watch Central Park and enjoy it. And the episodic plots I liked. I've seen the two episodes that have been released on Apple TV Plus, and next Friday when the third one's released, I'll go and watch it. Also, you've got Stanley Tucci voicing an old woman, and I didn't know I wanted it, but now I. It's not. Expect. It doesn't sound like something I want, but it also does sound quite interesting. Yeah, I think it is a really interesting show. Um, if you like Bob's Burgers, then it's by the same people, so why not jump into it? And I just. I didn't think I would like it either, but right. I kind of did. So if you're listening to, if you've got this far into the podcast, firstly, well done to you. Uh, and if you're listening and you want something a little bit different, want something uh, that tries out new things, 
uh, then Ben would really highly recommend Central Park uh, on Apple TV Plus. Okay, so is that that's the end yep. of the third edition of the RTQ Film Pod. We will be back next Wednesday. Yeah, get in contact with us, send us emails. We will. If you want to make read the jingle, out. otherwise Ben's gonna hum it, and we don't want that. Yeah, um, if you want us to talk about anything, review anything kind of do stuff like maybe even ask us fan questions then oh yeah we have so many fans already yeah oh we've I, I, mean, I can't even go out of my house people yeah. are like take a picture take a picture i'm pretty sure we're the only two people listening to the show at this point but, um, i mean i have listened to them both i listened to them both as well no so if you are listening obviously please get in contact we'd love to hear from you otherwise please we would love to know we have at least a listener that's not <laughs> us. yeah like this starts out with kind of a oh please just do it it's like one of those normal every podcast signs off this way but we're actually begging you now so see you next week see you next week bye, bye.